Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Sodas podcast. It is April 21st, and we got a really great show lined up for you today. Our in-house weatherman is back from his first adventures in storm chasing. So we're going to hear what that was like, you know, get some questions answered about what is storm chasing, what happens during that. Talk a little NFL. I think we have a little NBA, NHL playoffs talk, possibly. Luke and I are going to talk about our experience in college living with a ghost in our college house. We got all that and a little more on this episode. So let's get to it. Tell them that story you're telling me. And now for our feature presentation. Lots of big NFL news this week. As we predicted on the previous episode, we said it was all going to pick up as we got closer and closer to the draft. That has certainly been the case. Probably the biggest story is the story about the biggest contract. That's Jalen Hurts' new deal with the Eagles, uh, making him the highest paid player in the league. Yeah, I think you've touched on it on a previous episode. But just another great, friendly contract for the Eagles. Just great for the team. I, I, I think the, what was the biggest hit? It was like, Eight million against the cap for these first four years. Yeah, it's a very backloaded contract, which Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, is a fan of doing because, as we've seen, the value of the NFL it just keeps going up. The cap just keeps getting larger and larger, and so the more you delay that cap hit, the less it ends up actually costing you. And the next couple of years, it's very team friendly. It's also over the lifetime of the contract, it's very friendly to Jalen Hurts because he's guaranteed you know, a really incredible amount of money. And also really interesting is it also has a no trade clause in it. And that's the first time the Eagles have included that in a contract for a player in the history of the organization. So Jalen Hurts got what he wanted. The Eagles got it. So it was workable. And especially with the backloaded cap hit, they're still in win now mode. And you saw that with some of their other offseason signings. They got re-signed Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Those are guys you're re-signing because you want to win now. You want to go get a Super Bowl in these next couple of years. And Hurts, he gets that mega deal. They have him locked down for the next five years, but they also ha- are going to maintain a decent amount of cap flexibility over the next couple of seasons to put a really solid team around him. I think this is one of the few contracts, at least in recent memory, that I can think of that there's no real question of it doesn't seem like anyone is saying this is going to hurt the team in any way. It seemed like unanimously this was just a great contract for Jalen Hurts, the Eagles. And honestly, it seems like if you're some of these other QBs, it's kind of like flattened the market again. It's back to where it should be. You don't have these Deshaun Watson contracts where a guy's being way overpaid for some shit. It seems like it was exactly what a quarterback contract should look like with what he's proven he can do. Yeah, and I think it was very smart of the Eagles to get it done before Lamar Jackson gets a deal done or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert get their extensions because that could have set the market even higher. And we may end up seeing one of those contracts eclipse what Jalen Hurts got. Right now, it's the biggest deal ever, but a couple years down the road, it's going to probably look like a bargain again. Yeah, I think it was really interesting. I'm sure you saw it too. As soon as this contract was signed with Jalen Hurts, that the Ravens immediately extended an offer to Lamar that was like $200 million guaranteed. It like kind of reset for the Ravens what his value was. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not sure if that was a newly extended offer or that's been on the table. I think, I think you're did, right. I think it, it has it was, been on the table. Right. It was reported as like the contract details from the Ravens offer for Lamar leaked. And just to be clear, what happened there is the Baltimore Ravens leaked those details because they saw Jalen Hurts' deal, and they were like, what Lamar's being offered, that's completely fair when you look at it mm-hmm. 100%. It's more than fair. I No one's going to get one of these Deshaun Watson-type deals, 
because no one's going to do what the Cleveland Browns did. Because they're competent organizations. <laughs> right. There's a reason the Cleveland Browns never win anything. Yeah, there's a reason that people say the Browns are the Browns. Like, you can't expect to just give away these ludicrous amounts of money when, like, let's be honest, like, Lamar, great player. Deshaun Watson, also a great player. But there was definitely a fine line between overcompensation and paying you for what you've done. And let's be honest, Deshaun Watson's a great player. He still hasn't done shit either. Yeah, I mean, he's off the field. He's done a lot of bad shit yeah. on the field. On the field, Nothing. like, what has he won? Maybe maybe a playoff game? One playoff game? I don't. Yeah, I, I barely remember. I think he beat Josh Allen in the playoffs once, but that was before Josh Allen was Josh Allen. Yeah, and Lamar, it's kind of a similar situation where as great as he's been, he's struggled with injuries, and the Ravens, as an organization, they really have nothing to show for it. So honestly, the fact – like I think you can make a case that Lamar should expect to get less than Hurts did because Jalen mm -hmm. Hurts has been to a Super Bowl. You look at what he did last year, he and people have talked a lot about how – you know, sure, Jalen Hurts was great, but he had the best offensive line. He had these A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, all these Dallas Goddard, all these great weapons around him, a solid defense. What's your take on all that? Honestly, I think for me it comes down to it's pretty simple. I think Jalen Hurts answered, answered the questions this year. He took that step that Lamar didn't. Lamar, you know, showed he can be a dominant threat in the NFL, but Jalen Hurts took that step from – I can play like Lamar Jackson, maybe not as shifty, but still that running quarterback to Jalen Hurts answered the question in the air this year. We saw he has accuracy and he can put the ball downfield when he has to, not just rely on his legs. But he can if he has to do that too. Yeah, and I agree completely. And I think, sure, the Eagles built a great roster around him. But look at the two games he missed with the shoulder injury. They went 0-2 in those games. The rest of the year the team with Jalen Hurts starting, they only lost two other games, and one of those was the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, I mean, Jalen Hurts answered every question that you wanted to see from a young quarterback this year. And granted, Gardner Minshew's no slouch, and it shows just how good the competition was and how valuable Jalen Hurts was to the Eagles. The thing he brings, I mean, because he can throw the ball, and then what he brings to the run game, he's not just a quick running quarterback, he's a Big, strong guy. You see it on, like, third and one is automatic with the Eagles. Yep, I love that. Every time they lined up, and you would just watch and go, are they finally going to stop him this time? Never could. They're just, it, it was like just bully ball on third down, third and short. Yeah. It was, and they didn't try to disguise it most of the time either. Most of the time it was just, this is what we're going to do. Try to stop us. Yeah, and it, you don't see that very much anymore. It's like you see that in college football, especially on third and short, but you don't often see a team that doesn't even have to try and disguise what they're doing on third and short because it's just try and stop us, I dare you, and they couldn't. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll come out next year and they'll probably have some wrinkles because defenses are really going to start overplaying it. And, you know, all of a sudden you're going to be pitching it out to the outside and yep. there's going to be nothing but grass. Yeah, the Eagles, I'm scared if I'm playing the Eagles next year. I think they're going to be really, really fucking good. Yeah. All right, moving moving on to a less competently run organization. We have some big Arizona Cardinals news. Oh, boy. Yeah, the new uniforms are out. Oh. And I think this is the first sign the Arizona Cardinals are going to rebrand to the Arizona Cardinals because – they're copying Ohio State on pretty much everything else. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been out there. I've said it a couple times. Anyone who's played NCAA 14 and you go to create a player in the road to glory mode and you have to design your high school uniforms and it's just that base all red uniform. Yep. That is the Arizona Cardinals uniforms this year. It's so bad. Yeah, the home uniform looks – it's just garbage. It looks like someone made it in Microsoft Word. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just not even paint Word. I will say, let's give them a little benefit here. Not even of the doubt, but let's just say those the new helmets, like the redo with the, the larger logo and the chrome in it. Nice redo for the helmet. Yeah, it's just, but everything else, 
Horrible. And everything else is horrible. And I don't think the white and black uniforms look horrible, but they look like Ohio State. It just looks like a downgrade from what they had. I really saw no reason to redo. I mean, I think it's an improve. I think what they had was pretty bad. So I think this is slightly less bad, but it's still really bad. And you have so many interesting design elements. You could have gone with like fans were clamoring to have the Arizona State flag included in some way, mm-hmm. which would have been awesome. Also, the big color change is they add silver, which makes yeah, just very why? little sense. If anything, because, add gold because you have gold in your logo. Well, no. Well, that's stupid too. Cardinals beaks are not yellow. Forgot but our in-house bird expert. That's that's another that's another point. Uh, <laughs> but if you wanted to add a metallic accent cover color like silver, you should have gone copper instead. One of Arizona's nicknames is the Copper State, and that would have been a cool local tie-in that I think would have made fans happy. What do you think about these white uniforms? I saw a lot of people comparing them to the commanders. And I the more I see it, I can't I can't unsee it. It it looks just like the commander's white uniforms. Yeah. It's I mean, I think and it speaks to the bigger issue here. Just what the hell, Nike? Like you see it with the US soccer national team uniforms. You see it with most of these new redesigns. How is it that random people playing around in Photoshop or Microsoft Paint are able to come up with better uniform concepts than the biggest company in sports apparel? I think the saddest part for me is that the Cardinals changed their profile picture to the white jersey sleeve. It has that Cardinals with the white and the stripes. That shouldn't yeah, which, be what you're proud about. You shouldn't be that proud that your white jersey has your name across the sleeve. That's stupid. Also, I feel like the only reason they put Cardinals across the sleeve is if they left it off, it would have looked way too much like Ohio State. Yeah, it's so sad. Oh, I guess a quick one. Start one, bench one, cut one. The home, away, and alternate. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to start the home away. I'm going to uh, – you have to cut the home one. I'm going to bench the alternate, and I, I, the alternate, it looks fine by itself, but it looks way too – there's two issues I have with it. One, it looks way too much like Ohio State, and mm-hmm. if you wanted to do an alternate in a different color, there were so many better options. The Cardinals at one point in their history had blue uniforms. You could have gone with a blue alternate. That would have been a cool throwback thing to do. Also, Female Cardinals are like a light brown color. You could have done something really cool like a copper brown type deal and worn it once a year and had ladies night or something. The bar. Thursday night is ladies night. Thursday night football. Yeah, for the yeah, there we go. Thursday night is ladies <laughs> night. Oh my <laughs> the, god. The Cardinals yeah, games. I think you're right. I think I agree. You gotta start the away. You gotta bench the alternate. You gotta cut the home. The black yeah. black helmet with the alternate looks cool. So that plays. But, but the, the every, red, there's nothing about the red uniform that's redeeming. Yeah. No stripes, nothing. Just all red yeah. with Arizona. That's your redeeming quality as it says Arizona. Yeah, and everyone, I feel like everyone is just doing black as their third uniform, and there's no real tie-in. Like, be yeah. more creative. There were so many better options on the table for a third uniform that would have been unique and, you know, more identifiable than just removing the Ohio State logos from their black uniforms? I think every team that's rebranded since the first time when they became the Washington football team has been horrible. It's, I just, I don't know. And there was such optimism that you're going to see some cool stuff with the uniforms when nike took it over all those years ago but most of them what a difference seattle they made such a difference with seattle right seattle's are awesome like it was the right it was the right look for the seahawks it's instantly identifiable you know it they tried some non-traditional things but it worked yep modern it looks great it's not too much modern but it plays every bit of it plays but everything else, the all the other redesigns that they've succeeded on, have just correcting the areas of their the errors of their previous redesigns. Like you look at the Bucks, they got that yep. 
they had the alarm clock numbers. It was horrible. And then they went back to a more classic look and that was executed really well. Same thing happened with the Browns. Theirs was awful. Now it just looks like the Browns again. Now it's just slightly less awful. I mean, look, they did the best they could with Brown and orange. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more going on in Cleveland than we need to worry about just the uniforms. Yeah. But I mean, we got some things to look forward to in uniform world. We both have, both our teams have throwback uniforms coming this year. Yep. The very exciting. Looks like the Eagles are bringing the Kelly green, the Kelly green back. Yep. Uh, and the Bucks have the cream sickle with yeah, the two, two classics. So much better than doing a black uniform for the sake of doing a black uniform. Bring back a cool throwback that was a different color from some point in your history. And the Cardinals had the opportunity to do that with a blue jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, but maybe we will. We have do have one possible receipt, like redeeming grace, and maybe it'll be when the commanders rebrand again. Yeah, new ownership. That's the other big story is Dan Snyder's finally selling the thing. God, the day we never thought would happen. Dan Snyder has finally sold the team. It's going to be great when the new owners come in and try to turn on the lights in FedEx Field and Snyder's taking all the light bulbs with him. <laughs> oh my god snyder's taking everything with him yeah what an asshole i can't wait till they log on the first time they log on to his desktop pc and it's just like leaked cheerleader pictures he's been hoarding them in files god what a pervert dude is one of the slimiest people to ever maybe in the country right now yeah well he's gonna be we backed out of the country because he doesn't want to get subpoenaed. That was fun last summer. He's just like, I'm going to go to Eastern Europe, just hiding out on his yacht in foreign yeah. waters. God, can you honestly think of someone maybe slimier than him, especially in sports? Like, God's sakes, the guy threw Jay Gruden under the bus. Oh, no, John Gruden. Just because the heat was so turned up on him. And, it, and the went, they looked away for a second and then went, oh, wait, you're still a piece of shit. <laughs> wait a yeah, second he's... wait a second dan you're still a piece of shit why are we getting mad at everyone else because everything that was going on oh wait is still linked to your organization i mean he's just he completely destroyed that organization too like it's you know i hope the new owners come in and do a better job because it's it's a shame what those fans have had to go through yeah geez it's you hope they can bring back good football to DC again. At least, yeah, hold up there under the bargain and not just be the team that is a little frisky here and there and can win a couple games in the yeah. NFC East. But, they can but what are the odds? What are the odds you think they do rebrand a fourth time? I think they do. I don't think this year, but I think they're going to rebrand again. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes Commanders. No, I think they did better with the football team. I don't like football team, but I think it was better than Commanders. Yeah, it's I. I don't know why you wouldn't rebrand as soon as you can. New ownership. There's no history with that name. It's just all anyone thinks about is Dan Snyder and just incompetence when you think about the commanders. There are more people calling them the Redskins than there are the commanders. Yeah. You know, I mean what what do you have what was what was the highlight of the commanders era? Taylor Heineke won a game against Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that's probably And that it. was it. That was it. Yeah, I don't know. When he took a knee. Yeah, when he took a knee and got hit. Yep. Yeah, I think that was the highlight. Yep. And the day that they cut Carson Wentz. Yeah, that was... That was really... What a time. That's that's an interesting point. What do you think is going to happen with Carson Wentz? I don't think he's playing in the NFL next year. I think he's going to be a professional duck hunter. (laughs) I could see that. He's, He's sick of throwing wounded ducks, so he's... Yeah, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be playing in the NFL. I don't even think the XFL wants Carson Wentz. No, I, I mean, just he's just going to go back to North Dakota and try to shoot a bunch of ducks. Well, maybe he'll have more success with that. Hopefully the accuracy is a little better. Yeah, you have to hope. I know I wouldn't want to stand next to him. <laughs> yeah, I might wear all orange. Screw Even that, I'm gonna wear the whole thing so he doesn't miss. 
he might be better off dressing up like a deer. That way there's no chance he'll put it on target. <laughs> That's spot on. Anyone else that we're worried? Oh, I know we got the draft coming up. That's next week, isn't it? Yeah, draft is coming up next week. I know we're going to have an extensive coverage of it, but Jalen Carter. It's a name I've seen recently in the news a bunch. What do you think is going to happen with that? I I don't know. I mean, it's he's such a great talent, obviously, but you have all the off-the-field stuff, and I would not want my team to draft him. And my team is the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're picking a 10. So there's a chance he does fall to 10 because of this, but I would not take him at that point. You look at what happened. is The second he they won the national championship at Georgia, and he, he was out of the routine that – because, you know, in yep. season and while you're still on the team, you know, these coaches, these staffs, they, they, they own you. you in line. Yeah, they, they own keep, you. Yeah, and even if it doesn't go that far, like you have a schedule. Like they keep you in line. And then it was his last season. You know, he declared for the draft. They won the national championship. It's all over. All of a sudden, he's just an adult and he has – time to make his decisions and do what he wants to do and you had the car accident he had to leave the combine because he had to go deal with potential criminal charges because apparently they were street racing yeah allegedly like it hasn't been proven but you know most of the time two plus two equals four most of the time and then after that so he doesn't get the chance at the combine uh, and then his and pro then day. He looked horrible at his pro day. day. He, he was out of shape. Completely out of shape, yeah. And I don't think giving him millions of dollars overnight is going to make this any – is going to make the decision-making any better. No, I think if anything, someone's going to get a steal possibly in a later round. Maybe they'll get a steal. If not, you're just throwing out – you know, you're not giving him that big money in the first round anymore. I don't, I don't I see just, him being a first-round pick. There's so many other talented players. I just wouldn't trust it. Not at all. Like if you, because he was at the combine. The combine is essentially a job interview for these guys. He had to leave the combine to go deal with a little situation. Yeah, can you I, imagine I can't see that. getting a phone call in the middle of a job interview and being like, "I gotta go. I have a legal situation to deal with." You're not getting that job. Yeah, I mean, let's also just think about how great is that that he's in a situation right now that he still is probably going to get drafted. Yeah. With this going on. Anyone else like if you were just like you said, if I walked into a job interview, "Oh, sorry, I was street racing last week. Not going to be able to finish this. Got to go deal with that, right? Mondays, am I right?" Yeah. Yeah, done. You're done not getting that job. You're no. No, and it's I mean, I just he could it could work out, but I I think it's too big of a risk to take in the first fifteen picks. Talking about draft picks, I know we have a lot going on with the top. You know who's going number one with quarterbacks. Did you see what came out about these like the cognitive tests? Yeah i I don't even know what that test is. I saw oh, I looked Stratton. it up. I looked it up. They did away with the Wonderlick. They're not doing that with these guys anymore. So this S2 cognition test is a measurement of basically everything you need to be a quarterback. It measures nine different cognitive skills for QBs. It measures perception speed, search efficiency, tracking capacity, visual learning, instinctive learning, decision complexity, distraction control, impulse control, and improvisation. And they found that every year they've taken this. This isn't new. They've done this for a very long time. I can't remember the exact year because not that much of a big J. Didn't write that down. Okay, but they yeah, have found this is the that, first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. So apparently they've done it every year. But I think what made it such a big story, we'll touch on it in a second, is this is the first year that we have had someone that is debatably one of the top two picks in the NFL draft scored so low. And they have found that just because you score highly on it doesn't mean you're going to be a good quarterback. You might just be really smart, but if you score low, zero, anybody who scored under 50% has never lasted in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Not once, even had and, a successful and, season. And CJ Stroud, he, my understanding is he came in under 50%. 
Oh yeah, we got the uh, the sideline sodas difference right here. We got all of those stats for you. Bryce Young came in at ninety eight percent. Will Levis ninety three percent. Anthony Richardson seventy nine percent. Hendon Hooker forty six. C.J. Stroud not fifty, forty, thirty, or twenty. Eighteen percent on this cognition Ooh. test. This is a guy we're talking about that might be the second overall pick in the NFL draft. I, mean, I think that's why this has become such a big deal. Yeah, and I think we're going to have to do a deep dive. I think before our next episode, we're all going to have to take this test and report back our scores to kind of provide some context. Yeah, God, if one of us scores higher than CJ Stroud, I might throw my hat in the ring. I hope I'm going to score higher than 18%. Yeah. This is, I, I mean, it's a just an aptitude test we're not talking about you know a synoptic meteorology exam no and even dumber down than that we're not sitting here talking about the wonderlick we're not measuring your iq we're just measuring your ability to process scenarios as it happens obviously this is going to age poorly because i'm probably going to go and score six next before next episode but yeah it's obviously something that's a big enough deal that it's an exam they take every single year that nobody talks about. And now we have someone that's supposed to be taken in the top two in the NFL draft has scored so poorly that you have to consider whether or not it's a fluke and take that chance and pay him a ton of money or he's going to fall and he's going to fall hard. I don't know. I'm going to say is he was, you look at the tape, tape doesn't lie. And he was, he was great in college. So I'm I'm not sure how much stock you can put into this, but it is certainly an interesting data point, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with his career. Do you think it changes anything if he doesn't go to Ohio State? Because Ohio State quarterbacks certainly have a rep. Justin Fields is an outlier, though, because he was originally an SEC quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's something, there's something about. I I don't know. I really. I, do, I don't know. I mean, you can make the uh, the obvious joke is that they're not there to play school. and it... That is true. It'll so be interesting maybe... to see. I, I yeah. don't know how I look at it because obviously it has shown us in the past. Last year, the one they brought up after this article I read, is last year one of the highest scores on this test was Brock Purdy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's... incredibly well. And look, look at the success he had this year. Some say maybe it was the 49ers offense. Others look at that. He, he didn't look like the moment was ever too big for him. No, he, he didn't. And it's definitely something to watch going forward. It'll be interesting to see if teams put any stock into it. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. I know we're going to do a deep dive next week. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a deep dive coming on that and even draft stuff next week yeah maybe we'll do a draft of best players that like to gamble on sports yeah <laughs> shout out wisconsin badger Quintez cephas one year suspension yeah i'll geez. have i'll have I'll, I'll, yeah there's a lot that can be said about that but we'll we'll we're already running long on nfl talk so we'll save that yeah let's jump into our next most important topic the people gotta know Storm chasing. Yeah. So we're recording this on Friday. Normally we record on Wednesdays. I was in Oklahoma on Wednesday doing some storm chasing. Had had the day off work. Was a pretty conditional setup. We weren't sure if anything was going to end up developing, but we knew if storms did develop along the dry line, they were probably going to be pretty severe. And that ended up being the case. Just saw some saw a really incredible storm that ended up producing, unfortunately, an EF3 tornado. But it was really unbelievable. So I guess I'll have some just common man, maybe stupid questions. I'm sure maybe some of the audience will agree or have the same questions. What do you do when you're storm chasing? So you start off usually the morning of, you start off and you got to pick an area you want to target. And 
So what we did, we all met up. I went with a bunch of uh, my coworkers and friends who had the day off as well. So we're all meteorologists. And so we met up, we looked at, you look at the current observations, current modeling, and pick a spot. And this was a tricky setup because there was a slight risk of across a pretty wide area from Oklahoma all the way up into Nebraska, Iowa. And so there was questions were in Wichita. There were questions whether we wanted to drive three hours south, uh, get into Oklahoma, or drive north into northern Kansas and see what we could see there. And we determined that Oklahoma was going to be our best bet. And so we, around noon, we drove the three hours south, and you pick an initial target area. And we picked Chickasaw, Oklahoma, which is down 44, a little southwest of the OKC metro. And you set up there and you pretty much monitor the conditions and you wait to see stuff start popping on radar. And then you get yourself into position to get a good view on that stuff. So I guess the next one is obviously, I'm sure some of the audience we've seen Twister. It's not like that, is it? It's not that crazy. No, it, it can be. If it's, first of all, the people in Twister would have died several times uh, in that movie. You can't get that close to the tornadoes unless you're in a special vehicle to do it. And even then, it carries a lot of risk. You generally want to stay away from the storm itself because if you're in if you're in all the rain and hail you can't see anything so you want to be you typically want to chase from the south side of the storm um, because that's where it's clearest and you can get the best views and so that's what we were trying to do but it is a lot of driving down you know dirt country roads so that there's some elements of it that are similar what do you do do you guys like is the goal to get as close as you can what is like the ultimate goal I mean, it depends. Some people are doing uh, research, so they're trying to release instruments to get data and measurements from the tornado. And depending on what data they're trying to collect, they might need to be trying to get to, into different spots to deploy their instruments. We're just there. We were just there to see it and try to get pictures. And that also can depend a little. You can hang a little further back and really get some good looks at the overall structure of the storm or you can try to get a little closer in and observe the mesocyclone, which is what ends up producing the tornado. It's the part of the storm that rotates up close. So what the common man we would call the funnel? Yeah, well, the funnel, the mesocyclone is broader than the funnel, and a funnel cloud precedes a tornado, and that'll drop from the mesocyclone, and then once it's on the ground, it's a tornado. Did you, this one's probably pretty stupid. Were you guys scared? Yeah, at one point, yeah, we uh, so we were on it, and you could see the wall clouds starting to descend. You, there was a lot of lowering. It had produced a couple funnel clouds earlier, and we were probably five miles out from that, so we were in a pretty safe spot. And from the potential for a tornado, and so we were watching it lower. We were hoping to see the tornado touch down, and. We were in the, it's called the rear flank downdraft, which is what it sounds like. It's mm -hmm. a downdraft from the storm on the rear side of the storm. And so we got 60 to 70 mile per hour winds with that. And then a, a little after that came through, some large hail, all sized hail actually started being lofted out of the updraft onto us. And we were not, and there wasn't much warning. And so we had to scramble out of there really quick. So that was a little concerning because we were worried about potential hail damage to the vehicles we were in. And this one mostly for the audience. So Henry, we asked him on the day of, are you in a storm chasing vehicle? And Henry's response was, any vehicle can be a storm chasing vehicle if you know what you're doing. What type of vehicle were you in? I was in a pick, my friend's pickup truck with four wheel drive. <laughs> so the answer was just somebody's car. Yeah, that's normally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Everyone's out here. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks everyone else has, you know, some armored tank that you're driving through these storms and just some pickup truck. No. It's all you need, kids, if you want to well, study meteorology and have a pickup truck and you too can go storm chasing. Well, you don't you don't want to drive into the storm. Just to be clear, the goal is to be close to the storm, but not in it. 
sometimes those lines can be blurred in the, the eyes of cinema. Yes. Do not try to do what they did in Twister. What about in Sharknado? We know the historically accurate events of Sharknado. <laughs> yes, we are. We are all well aware. Do not. None of that. Don't play with chainsaws. Don't, <laughs> don't attempt to fight great white sharks. Do not climb on top of a fire truck with a chainsaw that is longer than you are tall. So yeah. at no point you were scared that a shark might come out of the tornadoes. No, that was not something we were worried about. Oh, man. Well, that was everyone. That's our in-house meteorologist. He's out there doing his thing. Yep. And now I'm not really sure where we're going because we have like 12 segments this podcast. But we're going on to something else. Bro, pull up your Snapchat. Someone... Pull up your Snapchat right now. Is this Henry? No. Uh-oh. What's going on? Did you just get a Snapchat from an AI bot? No, I didn't. Did you? I guess oh you God, show it to me. App. It just updated for me. Oh my there God, is what is a it? new AI app on Snapchat. Like, friend, they made an account for you to talk to. Nah, that's weird. It says, say hi to my AI. My AI is an experimental chat bot unlike any other chats with friends. All content with AI will be retained unless you delete it. Hot seat of the week, Snapchat. What the fuck? Dude, that's crazy. Did you see where Drake and I think it was The Weeknd came out and asked all uh, platforms to ban AI? Because they were, I don't know if you've heard any of them, but they were like cutting, AI was cutting up songs that were like pretty good. Yo, that's, yo, that's crazy. Why does he have a red skull? Dude, I don't what know. I'm blocking. It's not. It doesn't let you block it. That's nuts, dude. That's nuts. I'm. I. I don't have that's, that yet. That's breaking news. Right but I here guess on that's. Podcast. I guess that's probably gonna happen to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sorry, breaking news right there. What the hell? That is. That is crazy. This AI stuff has just gotta gotta end. People, do your own schoolwork. You? Do your own have... schoolwork. Make your own friends. Stop talking to a fucking computer. Dude. Have we talked about the Pope? We've definitely talked about the Pope. Yeah, I saw another one the other day that, that this one I knew was fake, but no, no, no. But we awful. talked about that a while ago. No, that was um, another one I saw. It was even better. But yeah, uh, Demar Hamlin's going to be able to play again, which is wild after everything that happened to him. So, yeah, I, I just think that's crazy. I, I think that's I think that's nuts. But I saw a great yeah. thing on Instagram the other day. It was a draft they did of movies that traumatized you as a child. Ooh. And uh Willy Willy Wonka, Chocolate Factory, number one. The one with Johnny Depp. Oh, dude, the the original Willy Wonka is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Ah, uh, not true. Not true. Autopsy of Jane Doe. That's the look, scariest movie. Look what's on my movie. list. Shut the fuck up. Is it on there? That's hilarious. Dude, that was one of the, I can't believe we all agreed to do that and watch it. Who is our uh, well, well, they our roommates will remain nameless until another point. But it's a great time. it was all of us, wasn't it? It was my junior year, You're you're cutting in and out there, brother. Okay, so this was my junior year of college and Luke's senior year. We in our college house, we used to have movie nights. You know, we'd have a couple beers, watch some movies. Just have a good time with it. There was a phase. I don't know why. We had a phase. It was all we horror. Were, we started watching scary movies all the time because we'd laugh at them. We'd watch bad ones. What was the one? Don't mention his name. Oh. oh what was that one? Oh. oh it was Bye Bye. The Bye Bye Man. Bye Bye Man. That made me look over my shoulder. No bullshit. And when, uh, but, everyone was calling him the Poopy Peepy Man or whatever it was. But like that was the first one we watched and it was hilarious. Like the whole yeah, premise and, of it was so funny. So we were like, fuck it. What was the movie we watched when we had the projector outside on the side of the house? That was cool oh. as shit with the fire going in the middle. Yeah. I, I, don't, don't remember. I don't remember. We had a bunch of movies we watched out there. We got on. But a, it was a horror movie. It we definitely went, was. We went on a tear of watching like horror movies that weren't actually scary. They were just like bad movies that we Horrible. Would and they were hilarious. And we, I mean, we're drinking cases of beer each and watching them, which was great. I mean, it was, it was, it was a good Tuesday night activity. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
might have been Tuesday night. I don't know. But... Probably, dude, it was during, like, right around when COVID was still going on, so we had nothing else to do. Nothing to do. We'd been told we can't throw any more parties, un- not very politely, but we were yeah. told we can't do that. Forcefully stopped. Forcefully like... told, don't you dare do this. Yeah, a forceful recommendation to stop having parties when nobody oh was getting COVID. That's a great story, too. But no, so we're, I, you, I mean, you keep going with where you were going, but I, I have an idea of where you're going with that story. But uh, yeah, so we got into like this tear of just, you know, ripping through a couple movies every week, ripping through movies and beer. Uh, and then it all came crashing down harder than we could possibly imagine. Maybe we got a little too full of ourselves. Oh, my God. And one of our roommates suggested the movie Autopsy of Jane Doe. And we sat down. It was a rainy night in in Virginia. And in, in, in where we went to school. <laughs> yep, in Virginia. And we uh, oh my sitting God. in our basement with a house that barely had functioning, like, proper Water. lighting anyway. Jesus. We didn't have as anything. As well as stuff we will get into another episode about yeah. other things that made this house so special. Special. And we sat down and watched the movie. We turned all the lights out in the basement. And my God, I think that was the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Do there you was remember funny about it. We came up the stairs. I think it was, well, we lived upstairs for references here. We came up the stairs. I mean, it had just turned dark. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't pitch black, but we were so on edge. And our executive producer was... <laughs> I was coming in the house. I, she came from practice or something, whatever. She came in the house, and Kyle and I, I, I mean, we almost killed her. In all seriousness. We, j- I jumped we, and there screamed. Was a, there was a flamingo thrown. I mean, they're, like, we were we were freaked out. I mean, I, oh, my God, dude. It was basically like in Scooby-Doo when Shaggy and Scooby would get scared. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I swear if you had a camera in the house, you probably would have found me in Luke's arms. Like, he caught me, and we were running away. Like It was horrifying. It was – that house also was haunted, which is another thing that will need to be talked about at some point. But walking up the stairs, and we had this mantle that had all all these bottles and had this – what do you say that head was? It was a. It, it's not it a real a gorilla. Head, just, it was a gorilla. Just head. so everyone knows, it wasn't a real fucking gorilla head, but it was this lifelike gorilla head. It was it, apparently uh, a toy, like a child's toy that they sold in like the nineties. I don't. I don't really get the appeal of it. it well, you saw it again after we moved out of like a thrift store, didn't you? Yeah, I sent you the video of it. That's, yeah, it and like it's a collector's item. It was worth hundreds listen, of dollars, apparently. It is the most horrifying. There's nothing like being alone at that house at night. Uh, and there was a couple times like with breaks and stuff where like people would be there by themselves. I know you were there, but like I was there by myself. That house is the scariest. There's no, I just, I, that's the scariest place I've ever lived. And I went to an all boys military school. Like yeah, that, that house place had- was terrifying. That laundry room in the basement oh you could not convince me otherwise that something was back there that was like something that was not human i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell it i'm just gonna tell this story we threw a lot of parties at this house it was covid was going on but you know it was it was towards the latter end and no it wasn't yeah sort of latter yeah There was a vaccine. Schools schools were letting everyone back in, and so everyone's back. It wasn't – no one's really – we're online, but you still have some in person, so whatever. So we're there, and I think it's – I don't know. We probably planned it on a Friday night, and it's probably Saturday night because that's when we did all of our debauchery. So we have a Saturday night, and I, at the time, she's no longer a friend. She was a friend, and she came over to a party that was going on. And I don't know, Kyle. There's probably 25, 30 people there. It wasn't. It, it wasn't like our normal scaled things. It was pretty. It, it was, was pretty summertime. Big. It was a summertime. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It was a summertime, and I don't really even. She come. She brought one of her friends over with her, and she comes into the house, and you know. I don't even think she had anything to drink. And she starts telling Kyle and I that there's a spirit living in our basement. Which paired in perfectly with the fact of Luke and I had already had some weird shit going Weird paranormal lights turning on and off, which, you know, we're like old house. But then it gets creepier. It, it started hitting me when Luke 
has the most well-behaved dog I've ever met. Thank you. And put into perspective, Luke was in the master bedroom because he was the oldest. I was in the... Right next to me on my right. I was in the guest bedroom. Good size. Good size, by the way. Our our third roommate, third of our four roommates, was in like... (laughs) The child, the child's room. It was like you know. Are we talking about upstairs third roommate yes. or downstairs? Upstairs, okay. upstairs, upstairs third, roommate. third child room. Yeah. And then our downstairs roommate was just in. I don't. I don't even know. Purgatory down there. Yeah. He he was in the depths. Is the that. scariest fucking room on the planet, and he chose it. Yep. But anyways, and Luke's that house at night. You know, we talked about it. Weird shit would happen. Luke's dog never barked, never growled, ever does anything. Baker's a good boy. The middle of the night would start barking and losing it. And and Luke told me about it. He's pointing at the door, barking at nothing. Losing it. Just and not just like a like a fucking something's there. I gotta go kill this thing. Yeah, loud enough it and was like waking was me up in ever the next there. door. Nothing was ever there. And it get even creepier when this girl and also the basement. The basement was just creepy to begin with. Yeah, I wish I had. I'm sure there's a video I could dig up. I'm sure I, we have videos of the basement. But might not be able to share them, but they exist. Because, yeah, never mind. Yeah. That's a story for another time. But do you remember when she turned the corner? Because you come down the stairs in this basement, and there's two rooms on your left. There's like a little living room area, and we had this awesome bar that I just found out still exists at... Kyle's carried on with him all the way down to Florida, which is awesome. Because yep. it's an awesome bar. It really is. And then you go to your right, and it's like a, almost like a storage and the like laundry. Like all, yeah, and like, you know, like the, air, the AC unit runs through there, the heat, the water heater, all that like stuff you need. Also, our landlord was a hoarder. Hoarder. Awful, so, dude. We cleaned the whole house out when we moved in. That's I a guess great we story should have started with that is that there was probably leftover remnants and boxes and hell oh of stuff from There's four or five previous tenants, tenants previous. still there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and then so when you went down that hallway and then you went to the right on the left, like on the very immediate left, there's a bathroom with a shower, which is very creepy, too. But then you kept going and that was our laundry room. And our laundry room looked like something out of an insane asylum. Like, I don't think there's any other way to describe it. And we're not, I'm not being dramatic in saying that. Would you agree? The back door. The very was far back. Slanted. We, it was slanted. It was not. It didn't work. like a normal door. We had to really seal open. the fucking door so we didn't pay for all the fucking heat and AC that went out. It, it just, everything it had a about it, it was solid brick. <laughs> it was not covered up with any type of insulation. It, it had a clock. Solid, like, cinder block brick. But this house was old, very old, old, built built in the early. I think it was built in the early 80s. I think that's what it was. Older than that. I think it was probably. And had a clock, had a clock, had a clogged wash mason, which is one of the best stories that needs to be told about how it came unclogged with one of our roommates. And so, okay, coming back to the story, the night of the party, this girl who now i find out claims to be a witch which is really creepy because actually some of this aligns with her being a witch walks down this hallway and tells kyle and i i'm not joking and i we're probably a little buzzed up at this point luke and i had been talking about this the previous week yes we have we had been and we we have this there's this lamp that back up like front door you walk in there's this lamp that had been there before we had moved in whatever that would flicker, which is, you know, we chalked that up to being an old house. She walks in this hallway and tells us that there is a father and son ghost trapped in our house and that they live like where the shadows. I don't remember exactly what she said, but she told us that there is like a shadow realm type thing in our fucking laundry room. And I remember Kyle and I looked at each other, and you could see the hair stick up on our necks because we were like, oh, my God. That, it like, got, a lot. It got even freakier when she was talking about – I don't remember the father as much. I remember the kid she talked about the child oh my God. saying that she could just feel his presence and would explain things that we hadn't told her about. 
and you tell us that they were going on. And and I like I want to make this clear too. She was uh, a a friend I met in middle school or something whose home on break was like one of my best, no longer one of my really good friends because she's fallen off the rails. But she was telling Kyle and I what was going on in the house, and I hadn't told her shit. And that's when Kyle and I looked at each other. We're like, we're fucked. Like we're gonna we're, we might die in this house. Like this is how this ends for us. Yeah, it it was terrifying. The creepiest. When we started putting the pieces together of when our third roommate upstairs ripped out the shelves that were built into his wall. And there were children's toys underneath them. Everywhere. Like old playing cards, Superman playing cards. Uh, Hot uh, Hot Wheels, shit like that. Yeah, and then we started putting the pieces together that Luke lived in the master bedroom. Yep. And the kid, when she told us that it was a little kid who gets scared, would go into Luke's room because he was scared looking for his parents in the master bedroom. And that's why Baker was barking. And And like, I just, dude, I don't know, but I just got goosebumps. This shit was so creepy. I mean, when I tell it to other people, I get goosebumps every single time. I used to always be like, oh, ghosts, whatever, whatever. No, I'm a full believer in ghosts at this point. When you come out of living in a house like that and you've had the experiences that we had, I mean, stuff like Luke would text me in the middle of the night when I would go home. Yeah, and I'm there by myself. And he'd be like, hey, like, did you just just come in the front door? Yeah, he'd be like, did you come back, like, late night? And I was like, no. No. And I'd be like, like, oh, well, someone was walking around, like, from the front door to the kitchen. And uh, one one of our roommates didn't live in state. And when he went home, like, it wasn't like he could show up at any hour. Like, he was far enough away that he wasn't going to just show up. We had four. We ended up with three. Long story. But it, it, was, it was a wild experience because I remember, too, when we used to – we used to – we had we had friends kind of everywhere, and we would have this – we had a group of people that we kind of ran with. And we had them over, and there was a board game. Do you remember this? The The board game, it was a, it was a board game. We're just going to leave it at it was a board game. The specifics of what the board game are, aren't, I don't think, are really important. The, the thing is, is... It was in book- a box with all the old stuff from Old Town. Right. That had and this- toys, and when we went through this box, pulled out toys. Everything old pictures and then we old. started putting the pieces together with these boxes granted yeah we were in this house for months and we hadn't gone through and it. and and so this board game comes like you know it's sitting on our uh i guess what you'd say like our coffee table i guess yeah that's what it was. when we were going through the boxes and with our pineapple one of, the, one of these girls was like i want this i want this and we said take it we're trying to get rid of it all anyway she takes it home and she came to our house, I think like two or three nights later, and told us that her lights are flickering, she's hearing footsteps, and that something's going on in her basement. Granted, we had been to that house, there was someone living in her basement, but that's what that was. <laughs> we know what was going on in her basement. But she kept telling us like shit that was going on. And again, not a particular person that fit with our group every single time we hung out but would occasionally come around. And I know for a fact we never had discussed the paranormal activity, and she came and told Kyle and I. And what did we say to her? We said, you're fucking the fucking Yeah, yeah. Well, we told her she was crazy, and then we, like, boiled that. I think there's no way she was there when we had this particular conversation I'm going to bring up, but we were like, oh, my God, it's the board game. Yeah, the child was attached to the board game. Because it stopped happening in our house when the board game left. Well... We still had some freaky shit, but it wasn't nearly on the level as like it wasn't paranormal. You weren't hearing the point fucking it was just an old footsteps. House. The creepiest thing was here. We only had one set of fucking stairs in this house, one set, and it was from the fucking main level to the basement. And Kyle and I's rooms were far enough away, but I swear to God, you would hear people running up, like, and there weren't people; there were ghosts. Yeah, it, or it, being in the basement and hearing people walking around upstairs when it was just you two. There's nobody in there. There was nothing worse than that when we were like down there fucking around or well, we had a lot of stuff going on in our the basement. Best, I think the best way to describe it was 
when we would tell people to come over and we'd leave our front door unlocked and we'd be like, oh, someone's here. And we'd go upstairs and there was nobody. 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 And, yeah. And it would be footsteps that were clear as day. And you No, there were footsteps. And- but you knew it because we both would be like, oh, like we better go check on who that is. Yeah, because like they would be looking for our rooms on. and stuff looking for us. Dude. That shit. I, that shit was crazy, dude. We had such a crazy... Our landlord was even nuttier in the sense that, like, I wouldn't put it past that he'd killed someone in that house. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, dude. Oh, man, that house was crazy. There's stories for days. I, I think that's probably... That paranormal story is the one that has lived on with me forever. Like, that's the one I tell when I tell people about my senior year house. It's like, no, yeah. let me tell you something. Like, you think you've ever... like, Or when people tell me they don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, that's my ghost. I'm like, hold, I'm like, hold on a second. I go, you got a minute for me you to why talk? ghosts exist. <laughs> I'm like, you got a minute? Uh, I can change your mind. Yeah, hold on. Let me tell you this story. No, dude, it, it was crazy. And just the way, like, everything lined up for us to be essentially told by a witch, which I don't not think she's a witch. <laughs> like, yeah, holy I, shit. It, it was, that yeah, was definitely the crazy one is like, and then when we were digging through the box with all the old stuff and the toys, we ended up digging out a – can't confirm that it was a little kid who died. The picture? Is that what we, you're talking about? We dug up a little kid's, like, set of glasses. <gasps> that was even And creepier. a whole scrapbook and, like, belongings of, like, a but little was, child. And there was a picture of a little kid, and we don't know if those were those glasses, but the little kid was wearing glasses. I like, look, I'm not going to take all the liberties to like, I, we don't know. I don't know if those were those kids glasses, but things added we, up the thing, the, the fact that we dug up glasses and there was a picture of a little kid with glasses and he had the same toys that were in the room. Nuts, dude. The whole thing was nuts. That was a wild house to live in. I, I there are so many fucking, and that's the creepiest story about that house. There are a lot of really funny stories about that house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best is when Luke and I learned to live with this ghost. We, we were like hanging out, like we're hanging out. We're I, telling him to turn the lights confirmed. on, which I don't know. Like I don't know if it was really him, but the lights would come on. I think it was because we would have songs that we would play on the speaker that would have it like not flashing with the beat. We would play songs and the lights would start flickering like with the beat. And then you'd play the same song like again, and it wouldn't do that. Or you would play a song and it wouldn't flash at all. But you played that song yesterday and it was flashing. It was, we started like associating that it was like certain songs, which I guess started getting creepier when we would have like throwback nights. And around the time when we found these pictures that were listed around the same time, that the ghost, I guess, liked the music that was played around the time he lived in the he house. He loved music. And it, it was, was a big 2008. He loved, like, Outcast. Johnny 2008, uh, American Boy Kanye West. He loved that song. He, yeah. No, that shit was, that shit was wild. And I, I do remember after the initial, like, we were super creeped out. We were like, okay, well, like, we're living with this ghost. So what are we going to do? Like, dude, that house. Oh, my gosh. I might go drive by it and take a, I gotta, I think I need to go drive by it and see if like the current tenants let me in. Like, Hey, like I lived here at one point. Do you mind if I come in? It's like, Oh yeah. You know, that rocking chair that's been burned in your backyard. Uh, do, do you think they're still finding, we had great Halloween decorations and do you think they're finding pieces of the skeleton all over the yard? Like, well, oh my God. but we had four or five. Halloween skeletons like in the house. We and had them they pose br- doing various things. Oh, they were so funny. And then we had uh, who's the celebrity who we had the cutout of? Oh, Sofia um, Vergara. Yeah, the Modern Family woman. And, and I don't know who did it, but someone put her right at the entrance to our laundry room, and every single time it would scare the living piss out of me. I was yeah. like, "Fuck!" Like I could just, oh, dude, that thing was hilarious. Yeah, it was like oh in the gosh. dark shadows, like no lit, like light actually, like you're lit like, it up. What the? F- you're like, there's the ghost, like there he is. Yeah, you'd no, feel was... like something was over your shoulder, and you turn around, and it was Sofia Vergara staring at you. <laughs> you're like, all right, I don't know if that's the worst thing. So, more stories to come from the house. I think uh, Henry was while he didn't go to school with us, 
Henry was there the summer that we lived in that house, and I'm sure Henry has. I don't know if he remembers it all, but I know that he, I know that he remembers being in that house. <laughs> yeah, good times, dude. That house, that house was a lot of fun. It Especially was once we got rid of the ghost. That house. Oh, dude the the best parties that I went to at that particular school were at that house, yeah, and good. in a COVID year. Yeah. Like we threw some unbelievable parties in that house. Hands down, some of the best ones. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. Shout out that that house. Oh my god, that house, man. That house. My uh quick little thing. It's not really a story, but one of my favorite memories of the house is when so we signed our lease. We're moving in. We had it's a it's a the details are a story for another time. But we had to remove a whole bunch of shit because he just was a hoarder, and you know we wanted to live there. And uh, we're sitting on our front porch, pounding. I and I don't mean like there's there's levels of drinking, right? And we're college kids. Like you have a beer, you have two beers. No, no, no. Like we're out there with cases next to us. And I think they were glass coronas. Pounding glass coronas. The I I could timestamp it, but when we first moved in with one of our roommates, and and at one point he thought it was a great idea to go smash a glass. Is that what he did? I don't remember. No. I can't remember exactly which is the pounding of the beers, but I remember that it ended with one of our roommates laying in the street telling us that, nah, I'll probably just get hit by a car. And we had to like peel him off the, the, the fucking dry or the fucking, by the way, we lived on a main street. And it was like a cut through street. Out. It was fucking unbelievable. Well, Chipotle was down the road. So like it was a cut through street, a good yeah. pizza down there too. Yeah, it was nuts. That street story reminds me of uh, when Kyle and I's friendship was cemented when I lived in my junior year house. Kyle was still living in dorms. Kyle came over to the house for a party, and Kyle and I are punishing Bud Lights in the median. <laughs> yeah, we call it, it great... street, street talk. Street talk. There's a great video, too. Kyle's in a Florida hoodie, which seems fitting. Aged now. very well. That shit is hilarious. We were just fucking... Like, we didn't want to be inside anymore. We were like, fuck it. Let's just go drink in the street. Yeah, the if, we didn't, that... if we didn't stand in the backyard of your house, you guys couldn't get in trouble. So we could just stand in the street. Yeah, that's true. That was very great, true. Great logic involved with that. Live, live next to a sheriff, I think. I'm pretty sure he's a sheriff. Yeah, he didn't care, though. Retired sheriff. No, he was cool. The house was, like, way too nice to be on that street, too. Yeah. God, that good college stuff. God, man. Got to get Henry on so he can give his perspective. I know. Henry never went to that house, though. Henry only went to our senior or my senior year house. Yeah. Good times. <sighs> Man. Yeah. Anyways, lots coming. A lot more stories about the house. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try and start doing that more often. Yeah, at some point. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was, <laughs> I'm glad we got to tell that story. Now it's. uh gonna live in infamy <laughs> yeah but i guess that that wraps us up here it's been another episode of sideline sodas yeah any shout outs before we wrap it up uh my shout out uh produce softball oh we're back beat, yeah we're back baby beat butler on tuesday smoked them run ruled them uh shout out Anna Lanchar, who had fucking a single to, with two ribbies to get it going, and uh, they they the bats are live. We're up to we're going to Ohio. I mean, I'm not going. Uh, shout out Farm Brewery anniversary this week. Wait, that's a separate shout out. They're up going up to Ohio State, hoping to hoping to win that series. My other shout out Farm Brewery of Broad Run sixth fucking anniversary this weekend, which is great. Super excited. It's a long ass time. Yeah. What about you? Shout outs. Uh. Shout out, shout out, shout out, baseball. Not this time, can't jinx ourselves. <laughs> uh, shout out, UF baseball doing their thing. Jack Caglione is four home runs away from breaking the uh single season school record. 
Jeez. And he has 17 games left. How many bombs is that? School record. A lot. A lot. A lot. Pete Alonso played at UF. Holy shit, it's a ton. Yeah. I forgot um, that. Yeah, Pete Alonso played here. The polar bear. Yeah. So shout out them, shout out UF softball. They're always doing their thing. Love yeah. See, love seeing them on the news at the gym and then looking in the background and seeing uh UF men's lacrosse practicing in the background. Hell yeah. Always a great time when you see like your cleat on TV. Hell yeah. Again, shout out Farm Brewery Broad Run. Hawaiian themed sixth anniversary. All Six time. years. Maybe we'll do that next week. We'll do a draft of party themes. Maybe we'll do it this week. Ooh, maybe we will. Yeah, we're time traveling a little bit to put it in perspective. Henry is storming yeah. right now. <laughs> By so... the way, Henry is currently, from the update I just got, Henry is in like a Toyota RAV4 hunting storms. He's not in a storm vehicle. My favorite was the text that got sent today. Was Oh, my God. <laughs> Henry said, tonight isn't going to work. Storm chasing in Oklahoma. That's it. That's and, all and, the context we got. And then Henry said, or Luke said, Dude, are you chasing in a storm chasing vehicle? And Henry responded immediately with, "Any vehicle can be a storm chasing vehicle if you know what you're doing." How awesome is it to have? That's so great. That's such a, that's an unbelievable text chain. Yeah, I'll put it in perspective. Just Luke reiterated it earlier in the show, but Henry and I have been like lifelong friends. His entire life, he has loved the weather. Loves it, and Henry, I've only known Henry school, for a couple of years. Henry in middle school was like our communications person who would do the morning announcements. And he talked about birds and he talked about the weather and man, he, both of those aged quite well with him. We're going to have to get Henry's top three birds of all time too. top three birds and their favorite weather patterns and their favorite weather patterns. Yeah. I mean, you, and I know the listeners have heard it a little bit about like the master's tree falling. Like he, I mean, he told you how that tree is going to fall. Like, yeah, it's it's great. He, Hinted at us that it might be fake because there were no winds strong enough to knock a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Henry. Dude knows his with, stuff. Don't ever with change, all that, Mr. Hodges. With all that being said, we hope Henry's super safe, and we hope to get him back on, hopefully. Bef- I mean, definitely before this comes out, but we hope Henry's safe. Please don't die in a tornado. That would fucking suck. But yeah, that's all I've got. Yep. Keep chasing your dream, kid. You're killing it. You're killing it, Henry. All right, that's been another episode. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Feel boy, baby, do a leap and make them dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and I can take you for a ride. I had a premonition that we fell into a rhythm where the music don't stop.